What's going on, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of Roll for Persuasion, your weekly gaming, nerdy, whatever I feel like podcast where I chat with cool people in the gaming industry about the cool things they're doing. Um, and it's one of my favorite parts of my week. And I'm very excited for today's guest. And we'll get to him in just a moment. But let's knock out some business first because there are some special people that we have to shout out as a big thank you for making this show happen. And the first of those is my friends at Hero Forge. You know them, you love them, I know them, I love them because they make awesome stuff that make my games look great. I have a plethora, that's an SAT word for you. Actually, I don't think SAT words are a thing anymore. Scratch that, that reference doesn't land and that's okay. Uh, a plethora of miniatures where you can just, you can go on their site and they're constantly upgrading it. Every Tuesday they drop new content. You can make almost any combination you can think of. And if you can think of it and they don't have it right now, they'll probably have it soon because they're just super awesome like that. So make the miniatures of your dreams for your character, your players' characters, your NPCs. Just go on and make fun things. That's what I like to do. You go to heroforge.com, make it there. You can also paint it with their digital painting system and then actually print it in color, which is some sort of trippy eldritch shit, let me tell you. But uh, it's cool as heck and we love them so much and appreciate their support for this show. So make sure that you go to heroforge.com, check them out, Give them a big thank you by uh, ordering some minis, and we'll say thank you as well. And now, without any further ado, I'm incredibly excited to introduce this week's guest on Roll for Persuasion. It's been a long time coming. I think we've been talking about doing this for a bit, um, but I've found one of the few people in the world who is actually busier than I am, uh, and his name is B. Dave Walters. What's going on, B. Dave? Hello, 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 hello. Thank you. You know, it is unfortunate that this is audio only because my interpretive dance to the uh, to the incoming music, to the to the intro music, I feel it was lost on the cutting room floor there. But I mean, I hopefully you enjoyed it. Well, every single guest does a different dance. I don't know that I've ever had a guest who did not jam out a little bit. And so I do kind of wish now that I had been recording all of these. And maybe I make that like a super cut at a at 100 episodes or whatever. But, you know, unfortunately, didn't think of that. Testament, a testament to the quality of your intro music. That no mm-hmm. one can no one can quite sit still doing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. it, it helps me every time feel like I, I picked a winner. So I'm I'm very happy about that. Mm-hmm. How's it going, man? Just literally moments before uh, we started this, you were in, in deep battle with um, yeah. an evil insect warlord. How's that going? You know, if you follow me on Twitter, and let's be honest, you probably should, at B. Dave Walters, uh, I mentioned yesterday uh, there was a wasp trying to build a nest right over my doorway, and I went out and uh, I had my, my, I was dual wielding. I had my, my bug spray and my fly swatter. And I sprayed it because my plan was it was going to spray it and then squash it, right? And then I sprayed it and it fell and it vanished. It was just gone. And I I looked all over for it because, you know, that's in horror movies. That's when they get you, you know. Uh, I knocked down the nest and everything and then didn't see it again. And then today I come bopping out to go into the studio and the wasp is back in the same spot building another nest I sprayed it again, went to squash it again. It vanished again. And this time I had my girls watching and they were like, no, wait, it really did disappear. Because I told them the story. I'm like, I I know. You're not crazy. It happened. I have witnesses now. It says ghost wasp. You know, and I have a picture of the photographic evidence on my Twitter that the wasp exists. So there it is. But uh, as, as Andrew pointed out, that uh, if it stings me on my vaccination site, that's that's superpowers, though. That's that's uh, 
Yeah. So yeah, that's what would you say? The supervillain origin story. Yes, yeah. literally, because I'm, I'm not a fan of stingy nopes. And uh, yeah, and this is uh, this, this is going to be it. So I, I will seek revenge um, on on the world on, on the worlds of both wasps and men alike. If I get snow, you should. have So the first time, first time I'm all bopping around in a T-shirt, just like relying on agility. The second sure. time I had on a full coat. I had on my my covid <laughs> face shield like I was prepared to go to war. Yeah. Yeah. And it vanished again so i don't i have no idea what 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 phase three of this conflict is going to be but it's, well, uh, I, th- I think what you have to do is now you have to run a one shot based off of this experience with the yeah. wasp as the big bad evil guy uh, the, here's that's the, the only option it's not clear yet whether or not the wasp is the uh, protagonist or the antagonist and who ultimately is going to win that's the thing because the, what the wasp didn't realize is i will burn this thing to the ground so <laughs> I think that makes me the villain, actually. I was about to say, I, yeah, yeah, right. This is a compelling story. This now uncovers, you know, your own your own villainhood. That's a uh, that's pretty good. It's like a magic. It's like the Punisher. Like this, like Wasp, like just retired from the force. You know, go get a little place in Burbank, real nice, like you know, start settle down, finally start a family, and then here I come. <laughs> Although. I'm pretty sure wasp drones are all female, but there's nothing saying that she can't talk like that if she chooses to. This is America. You know what? It's, it's 2021. She can talk how she wants. She can disappear apparently when she wants to. So. Apparently, yeah. It was yeah. like it's, it's like it's like Rambo because she was like a behind special forces stealth wasp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Straight right. on. So if I die, you all know what happened. It was the wasp. <clears throat> this is this is the last uh, recorded appearance of b dave potentially remember me say that just in case remember me as i was yeah <laughs> tell my story not not as the wasp man he became or maybe both yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. there'll be a sequel mm-hmm. um it's so it's so good to talk to you i often with my guests will make a joke about how they're not busy at all and i'll list out 37 things that they're doing but i and, and that's pretty common because i think in this industry uh, particularly tabletop gaming and entertainment and content creation, you, you got to have a lot of hustles and you got to have a lot of, you know, different frying pans in the fire and whatnot, irons in the fire, whatever the saying is. But I think genuinely with you, you might be the busiest person that I have ever had on this show. And I say that simply because on any given day, I open up Twitter and there's like, hey, new game, be Dave Walters. And I'm like, does this man sleep? Uh, so that is my first question. Do you sleep? Uh, I'll let you know when I figure it out. Uh, well, you know, <laughs> here on the heels of the vaccine, I slept three nights in a row. That was interesting. Uh, you know what's messed up? Um, the simple answer is no, not really. Um, sure. In the unfortunate thing is, I actually really like sleeping. Like some people are like, I don't like sleeping. I'm on my grind. It's the cousin of death. I'm like, no, I love sleeping, and I'm really right. good at it too. Actually, <laughs> like I, because some people are like, you know, I can only sleep four hours and I can wake up. I'm like, I'm like a python. I will sleep almost indefinitely if you right. leave me, <laughs> leave me alone. Uh, yeah, no, it's it, there's there's something that I very much live by, and there's only one thing. That every human being on earth is equal in. We are not all equally smart. We're not equally strong. We're not all the same size. We're not all equally fast. We don't all have the same bank accounts. We all have 168 hours in a week. And 
there's time for everything if you if you plan it right. It in maybe not over the course of a day, maybe not even over a week, but over a couple of weeks, over a month or so, you can get it all in. And and that's that I, I believe that firmly. And uh, my my days are a bizarre combination of Tetris and Jenga towers of arranging and finagling. Right. But uh, I'm not as busy as I used to be, to tell you the truth. Like but oh, really? like last year, uh, at the height of my Patreon, I was running. <laughs> 30 to 35 games a month in addition to all the streaming and all the writing that you saw. So that's right. That easing off of that even helped a lot. Yeah. I love, I love that mental image of a combo of Jenga and Tetris like that as you are trying to pull the, pull the bricks and keep the tower from falling, more bricks are just more bricks are coming down. Yeah. That's pretty much what it's, I I, I will tell you this. I'm to the point now that I kind of need to not take on any new stuff until I clear out some of the things that are already on the table. The, sure. the, the problem is the stuff I get offered to do is usually stuff most people dream about and I myself dreamed about at one point. Yeah. So it, then it feels weird to pass it up that you're like, well, this is incredible. I mean, okay, I guess I'll do it. So, yeah, that's yeah, uh, it's, it, believe me, it is champagne problems. I get it. I get it. But it's uh. Yeah, but it, it's a uh, it in it, embarrassment of riches, I guess. Yeah. Well, then then let's let's back up then real quick, just for the you know the few people who maybe don't follow you on Twitter, who should, as you said, um, who might not know who you are. Like like describe yourself real quick. Like what what do you do? What are you uh, all about as far as like your presence in this industry? B. Dave Walters. I say words about things. You can find me over wherever fine streaming content can be located. Um, do a lot with Vampire. I do a lot with Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, now our flagship show, The Black Dice Society, is Ravenloft, so it's D&D with vampires. Uh, I also do a lot of um, work in the areas of diversity and inclusion and, and motivation and things of that nature. So it's uh, always just trying to make the world a better place. And I will tell you this, the the... It seems like the things I do are so disconnected, but there is a common theme that sounds more dramatic when I mean it to than I mean it to when I say it out loud. But it's all based around the the common idea of ending human suffering or, or reducing human suffering, reducing human suffering. Uh, life is difficult. The last year has been especially difficult. Um, you know, catastrophically so for some of us. And if something I can do, a story I can tell, you know, something I can write, a stream I can do can take somebody's mind off their troubles for a couple of hours or help them realize that life's not so bad or, or read some, you know, keep your head up, good hustle post that I make that just kind of helps them breathe a little easier for a minute, sure. then, then my, my time has been well spent. That, that's really cool. And you, and you were talking a second ago about, you know, having all these different opportunities pop up and whatnot. Does having that common, that kind of baseline of saying, you know, okay, does XYZ conform with this idea of reducing suffering? Does having that there kind of help you filter some of those opportunities out? Like, hey, you know what? That's really cool. Doesn't fit doesn't fit with my my purpose or, or my goal. So I can say no to that. that yeah, sense. yeah, 100%. You know, I mean... Um, I mean, I, I'm, I'm in a place now that, uh, it, again, I have more pull in some areas than others, of course. And um, if, if 
like say for instance like i got i got a friend of mine who just adamantly will not take an acting part where he plays a criminal for instance you know he's another black guy and like he just flatly refuses to play a drug dealer uh, i don't yeah. feel that way i will 100% like i'm like if if it's an interesting if it's an interesting gig then sure i would do it but i will say um things like that came into play for me like when i created baron victor temple which is my character for uh, vampire the masquerade la by night um mm-hmm. I was adamant that I knew he was going to be a Ventrue and I did not want him to have made his money through crime uh, because I was aware of the fact that, you know, I'm a black male portraying a business vampire. I wanted him to have been successful in business because he was smart and he worked hard. Yeah. Not, you know, because because there is always an extra layer of meaning uh, that that comes along with the things I do and that with any person that is part of a representative minority group does so i'm mindful of that but i mean for the most part as long as i think the project is going to be of quality it's going to be something that people enjoy really just something that people enjoy because there's some things that are guilty pleasures there's some things that are terrible and that's why we love them you know sure as long as it is going to bring some joy I, i will say but like like for instance like you know incredibly egregious horror or you know stuff with questionable content or something like that that's the kind of stuff i'm more likely to be like "Mm," you know no you you can miss me with baby eaters 12 you know like no 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 thanks no thanks you know they lost one through one through 11 didn't cross a line (laughs) but when they got to 12 well they lost their vision around six they lost their vision around six. You want to give them time to correct, but after four or five, you're like, man, I don't think they're going to swing it. Yeah, yeah, no, it's just a cash grab now. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I, I, I love... shouldn't have brought in Eli Roth. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go make a Wikipedia page now for the, the Baby Eater series. Um, so totally, totally out of left field here a little bit. I love talking with people about vampire and I've talked about this on my show before. I had Ellie Collins on, uh, recently from ATL by night. Um, and I got to play vampire with her recently for the first time. And I'm just so in love with this game. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not in love with the source book cause I, it still doesn't make sense to me. And it's super confusing when I try and read it, but that's neither here nor there. The game itself oh. is so much fun. Oh, this one. That one, that yeah. exact one. Uh, yeah, it flashed to me at night, three hours, trying to make my first character, flipping back and forth to 40 different pages. It's because it's designed to be pretty first and functional second. Sure. <laughs> Just it like me. Be- it is a beautiful yeah. book. But, but it's, a, yeah, it's a style guide first and a game rule. Real yeah. Uh, but what, yes, so but what please. was it about it that, that, like, that first caught your attention? Like, when did you first get into, into Vampire? What kind of caught your eye so this is the point in the conversation where i I point out is as ordained by jason carl i've probably run more games of fifth edition than anybody else alive i've run about 600 sessions of v5 because of the because of the patreon um i would say i'm a contender for having run the most vampire period but there's some cats that have been running weekly games since the 90s so probably (laughs) some dude in like des moines has that crown right um you know, I, I was there when it started. I, I was there when it started in the 90s. Like that that whole countercultural, um, you know, critique of, of heroism and fantasy and storytelling, all of that just landed right on my face. You know, like I, I was the target market for the world of darkness. Um, so I went through all of it the first time and it already had this deep and abiding love for this game in, in, in these properties and these IPs. So when they came back, 
um, getting a, a chance to be a part of the relaunch and the reintroduction of it was something I took very seriously. And being able to represent for my beloved clan Ventru, mm. I know you guys can't see this, but I got my my custom Ventru uh, Ventru dice box. All this stuff it is, is like beautiful right here at hand. So what's funny? This was the first per piece of merch in existence with the new Ventru logo on it. Yeah. Uh, and when I got it, I got it right before we left the studio at Geek and Sundry to go to the Labyrinth of Jareth masquerade. And I spent the whole day, and I was so afraid to lose it because I didn't want to leave it at Geek and Sundry and have it walk away. And I didn't want to put it down at the masquerade and lose it. So in every picture, it's either in my hand or my <laughs> arm like, is behind my back. back posing like this so that you can't yeah. see that I'm holding it because I was like, I cannot let, not gonna anything, let it go. I'm not going to let anything happen to it. Um, uh, you know, I, I think that the thing about the world of darkness, and, and I believe it is actually easier to teach new players than something like D&D. D&D, the bar D&D is relatively low because fantasy is ubiquitous. Um, yep. You know, you're just like, have you seen The Lord of the Rings? Yeah, we're going to do that, you know. Um, but but the, the bar for the world of darkness is even lower because it's this world. It's that that 7-Eleven is there. Uh, that mall is there, you know, it's like, it's not, yeah. it's not water deep, it's your town. And so people are able to slide into that much easier, I find. Um, and then you add that the layer of you're this super powerful monster, which most people very easily comprehend the interview with a vampire glam part of it. They're mm -hmm. not prepared when you know the psychological aspect of it hits when put right. in some of these situations like nobody's ever ready for that first time that it comes through and just like body shots you um because it is ultimately a storytelling game of personal horror uh you are a monster and you don't want to be and you know we the, inevitably you get the trench coat katana guy who is you know a big fan of the blade seer franchise and i'm sure. like there's room for that dude but that dude is you know that that's that's maybe 10 percent of the game maybe yeah. you know um versus something like D D. I mean that's you know being a murder hobo might be 70 80 90 percent of the game at, sure. a, at a lot of tables um yeah that's that that's that's why i love it in the uh in they did such a good job back in the day with expressing the clans in 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 clear archetypical ways that everybody can kind of find something that sort of either fits who they are or who they wish they were. Mm, yeah. And and getting the opportunity to put on that mask is uh, is always interesting. It's always interesting to me to see which which clan people choose because I've been doing this long enough now that I'm all like it tells me something about you, which clan yeah. you choose, you know? Yeah. Um. And there's no wrong answer, of course. Yeah. You know. It it's so it's so interesting. And and again, I've mentioned this previously. So apologies to listeners for retreading old stuff, but it's a good conversation. Um. I I love D and D. I play a lot of D and D uh, every week. But I struggle when I make characters with making a backstory or, or mm -hmm. really connecting. I have to play to discover that and kind of build it as I go. Mm -hmm. But when I made my first vampire character, I, I think for both of the reasons you mentioned, one, because it's grounded in this world, um, and two, because it's more of a, of a personal exploration and, and less of like the high fantasy kind of thing. Like it was, it was easy. Like I typed out like paragraphs and pages of stuff about, about my vampire and his history and his past and, and it just came naturally and then playing the actual game. Yeah, like you said, I just it was so easy to pick up and learn playing it, reading the book, 
admittedly difficult, but, mm-hmm. but yeah, I loved the, I loved the clan breakdown because I think, especially thinking back to when I first played D and D, there was a lot of, you know, sometimes you have preconceptions about what a rogue is like, mm-hmm. Oh, I'm going to go play a rogue. And then you start playing and you're like, Oh, this didn't really fit with what I thought. But I looked at all the clans. I was like, Oh, cool. I'm a venture. That's easy. I'll just move on. And then when I played it, I My was brother. like, Oh, look at that. That's what I am. Cool. This is just well, what I'm gonna do for now. Welcome to the clan of Kings. It's good. It's good. I have good and, news uh, for you. We rule the world. Yeah. It's, it's pretty, it was a fantastic, and it was such an, it was such a cool thing to play and step into, I don't want to say a defined role, mm-hmm. but like an understanding of the world and how I, my character related to it and yeah. related to the other people in the game. It was just, it was a concept I hadn't experienced in tabletop games before. It was pretty yeah. cool. It's an archetype. I can know when I, um, when, so this all started, uh, because I did in, in late 2017, I did a chair D 20, uh, for Satine Phoenix. We did a vampire one shot. Um, that was the first time I played a game on stream. Um, and that was the night that I met Jason Carl and I played a gangrel and I went all in like historically I hadn't been a gangrel, but they did all pregens cause V five was in its alpha infancy at that time. So Jason had made the characters. So I went all in. I did a costume. I did the voice. I did this whole thing because I was yeah. quite aware of the fact that this is my one chance to show everybody what I can do. Because before sure. then, I'd only done talking and hosting and nonfiction stuff. Um, apparently, it worked. So fast forward a little while when L.A. by night is getting serious. Everybody's like, so are you going to bring your gangrel back? And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm going to play Ventru. And, and they were like, yeah, but, you know, the gangrel was so cool. And I knew in my mind that I could play the greatest gangrel of all. Like, I could become the iconic gangrel. And in the back of my mind, I would always wish I'd played a Ventrue because that's my clan. So Victor was born. And when it was confirmed I was going to get to do it, there's there's inside the, the, the book, inside the core rule book, in the Ventrue section, there is a letter to a young Ventrue in there. And I literally read that and I got emotional. Like first time I got it, like I got tears in my eyes because it's like the last line is we're watching, make us proud. And I was like, (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to do my best. (laughs) Yeah. I can't talk about it now. Get emotional. Sure. Um, sure. Yeah. It's uh, well, you know, and, and I think it kind of speaks to, you know, for, for my money, all fandom is, is a sense of belonging. Um, in, in, and when you understand that every aspect of it comes into sharp focus, including the grossest aspects of it, because all gatekeeping is, is a fear of loss, you know, that this is ours and right. we don't want to lose it. I mean, of course, I'm very much anti-gatekeeping, but I understand the, the psychology of where it comes from. Sure. And when you can find your place like that because i mean i know people that like you know your 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 clan is your clan you might have played different characters but you know we've got our clan you know um and getting to put on um that mask is is always um it, it it's it it never really gets old and it never it always gives you opportunities to explore i mean i'm i'm at the point now with both D and vampire that when I have to create a new character now, it's just, what haven't I done? You know, like, that's the first question I asked. Like, cause, sure. Because uh, when I created Victor, Victor was the direct counterpoint to Chateau, the character I'd played on Where Life Frontier. Uh, Chateau was a, a, a revolutionary leader of a, a, of a group of unruly misfits that didn't listen to him, even though it got them into worse and worse trouble. 
nothing like that for Victor, right? So I, I, I intended to create Victor as, as you know, this happy-go-lucky guy. I know I said vampire is about being a monster and you don't want to be, but my core conceit was him. Was I was like, what kind of vampire would be having a good time? A nightclub promoter. So that was why the whole nightclub, you know, hip hop business yeah. thing. I'm all like, who actually is like enjoying everything, you know, that this life has to offer. So that's, that's where right. that idea came from. Um, when he became Baron, sorry, spoiler alert, y'all. Um, that was not at all something I planned because I hadn't earmarked him for leadership potential. I just saw the opportunity and literally pounced on it in the moment um, yeah. as one must. Uh, then after Victor, when I created Freely, my, my main D&D character, um, he was not Victor. Uh, you know, Victor is looking forward, playing 3D chess, the tactician. Freely is not that. Uh, yeah. He's literally a halfling. He's small, you know, like he is just, he is an absolute good person. Like the, the world is black and white. There's what's right and what's wrong. And that's that character. And then the next one after him was Marcide for Pirates of Leviathan, who was then not Freely. Like the Mar Freely is a halfling. I was like, then Marcide's a bugbear. He's size yeah. large. He's very morally ambiguous, shadowy ganker, you know? Like as you plot it on a chart, it's this like, Massive. Each one is a response to the prior one. Yeah. Honestly, they all really are, you know? That makes yeah. Sense. yeah. Yeah. And, um, but what's interesting is I think when I look back though, at all of them, they're all their own distinct people, um, which is, which has been a, a, a nice thing to experience. But I also found I very quickly bumped into which parts of these characters are me mm. that, you know, my default reaction to situations, you know, my default, you know, re re response to stimulus. And then I had to be very conscious about doing it a different way and not doing what I yeah. would do, doing right. what they would do, you know? So, yeah. Is Sorry, there, is a, there a difference for you in, in kind of playing or exploring characters on a stream versus, you know, in a personal or a home game? Not at all. Just kind of bring all the same thing to the table. No, not at all. I know friends of mine, it's a big difference for them. For me, not even a little bit. I, I can tell you what the difference between what a stream and a home game is, though. Um, a home game, you know, the fact it, it is primarily a social experience. You know, the fact that you all get together and you eat dinner together, that that's all part of it. You know, you, you talk for a minute about work. You boyfriend your girlfriend your significant other um you know talk, talk about being excited about the next season of the mandalorian you know like all all of that um commuting time around right. and sometimes interwoven with the game is vital to the experience of camaraderie yeah. um streaming you cut all that out <laughs> ideally you know sure um you know, the your different streams may vary, uh, but, you know, you, you get it down as lean as possible to the, the, the performance you're observing. And when a stream is done well, the viewer should feel like they're the other seat at the table um, watching all of this transpire. And it's somewhere between playing a game and watching live theater. Um, when I'm playing uh, uh yeah, I, I, anytime even somebody wants a home game, I'm like, turn on a camera. We're giving away, you know, we're leaving stuff on the cutting room floor for nothing here. Right. But uh, no, it's all the same to me. Yeah. How I run a game, how I play a game, it's all the same. 
Do you have uh, do you have a particular moment? Actually, let me let me back that up. This will be a a question that you can kind of answer how you want, which is how questions work. It's about um, to say. Yeah, finally. That's, that's the definition. Um, well, I was, I was gonna what's, have, what this, what's this bold, new, you know, innovative uh, uh, interview? We're going to try something new on this interview show. Questions you get to answer. <laughs> For more questions that you can answer, subscribe to my Patreon. Um, that's the spinoff show, questions you can answer. Right. Uh, do you, well, well, it feels like a presumptuous question. I think is why I came at it from that way. But like, do you feel like you have quote unquote made it, whatever made it might be as far as doing a thing that you love or enjoy or achieving a certain level of success? Um, or, or do you feel like that's still out there? Uh, no, I absolutely feel I've made it because I measure having made it by a much lower bar than most people do in the sense that I'm of the opinion if you have a thing you love and you have ever been compensated to do that thing, no matter how small, you're a professional. Uh, I was having this conversation with Trevor Bettis because I do a, po- a writing podcast with Trevor Bettis and Aaron M. Evans. Aaron has published a grip of novels. I've comics, screenplays, TV, teleplays, you know, published almost everything you can think of. And he hasn't yet. So he draws the distinction that he's a writer and we're authors. And I'm like, no, though, you've made a sale. You know, now it's a yeah. question of scale. You, right. you, you have written a thing and sorry, you have written a thing and been compensated for that thing. Therefore, we're doing the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just a question of scale now. So. In that, that's why I always tell people when they're like, oh, I'm, 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 you know, so afraid to try or whatever. I'm like, look, man, if you don't try, a terrible thing happens and that's nothing. You know, you, you want to know what's going to happen if you try and it doesn't work out. Your life will look exactly like this right now. This is what happens when you don't try. So if you're OK with this, shoot for the moon. Um, now, that being said, I, I, I am aware of the fact that you know, I'm 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 pretty high, pretty high in the peaks of the the streaming in in gaming community of you know at least for D and D and vampire and streaming in general. You know, uh, I think for the most part, people that are serious fans of this genre are aware of me and my work, and I'm and I'm very grateful for that. But it didn't happen at random. Uh, I had a right. very specific plan from the beginning, and, and quite frankly, it worked. And, and now I have a plan for, you know, the next stage of the things that I'm trying to accomplish, uh, including things that we might be working on together, Andrew. Hashtag vague booking. Um, vague book, vague book. Because I'm always trying to push the envelope. It's the same with the yeah. Black Dice Society. You know, the, I pushed my poor computer until it almost melted down because I wasn't trying to make D&D stream number 774. I'm, I'm, I'm always, everything I do... I'm attempting to innovate and I'm attempting to move the genre forward. Um, doesn't always work, but uh, you know, I, I can see that there's things I did first that I see happening in a lot of places now that I'm all like, ah, yeah, left my, left my fingerprint on that. So yeah, you know, the, the fact that um, in, 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 I, I preach this a lot on, my Twitter and in a lot of interviews the the thing that I would tell people more than anything to be mindful of, if you're trying to have a, a place in, in this business, honestly, any business it's um, 
it's relationships are such a huge part of it. And, and I'm being very carefully how I couch that because a lot of times lazy people are like, oh, it's just who you know. That's why nothing's happened for me. I'm like, no, 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 no. If you're legit, you'll meet people. The thing is what you are known for. Sure. Because I, and I cannot tell you how many times I witnessed this exact exchange where it's like, oh, we need a new editor. All right. Um, could get Joe. Joe? Yeah. Mm, really? Yeah. Yeah. Heard some stuff about Joe. All right. What about Tammy? Tammy's dope. Let's get Tammy. And that's it. That's it. Yeah. Not, yeah. not resumes, not reels, not interviews. <laughs> it's, it's if you get a reputation for being easy to work with, I cannot under un, uh, overestimate how being easy to work with is important in delivering a quality product. You gigs, but get gigs, you know, and, mm -hmm. and, and if you don't know where to start, the, the joy of this business in general and this pandemic time in particular is we're all scattered. We're all online. Start interacting in Twitch, uh, Twitch stream. Start interacting on social media. Don't DM people like, put me on your show. The answer is no, we're not gonna. But if you start talking to people and forming relationships, getting people to recognize your name, uh, I can't tell you how many people I work with all the time now that started out is names in chat. Yep. And you get accustomed to seeing them and then you start interacting with them and then you see them at cons and then you're like, oh, yeah, we want you to come play this, play this charity one shot with us. And when your moment comes, be prepared to pounce on it. Um, I realize this might seem paradoxical, but also, you know, don't wait. Like if put, get your friends together, make a stream. If you're a writer, write. If you want to stream, stream. Um but always try try and be improving because your first couple streams are going to be awful. You know, your tech's not going to work. Nobody's going to be any good at it. That's the, that is just the nature of the beast. Yep. But try to keep improving, you know, because it the I am blessed to be a full-time content creator. And I work very hard at it. But the reality is uh, I do it. Lots of people do it. So it can be done. And if it can be done, that means you can do it too. And I think one of the key things in there is that it takes time and, and not necessarily like, like, oh, you will not be successful until X amount of time has passed. But, but I think when, especially right now, because we're all online, but when you're online and when you're on Twitter, it's very easy to see at so-and-so being like, oh, I got to be in, or I'm going to be an extreme or I'm going to be on this show. And in your head, you're like, why is that not me? And you don't see the the work or the time that, that goes into it. Mm -hmm. and, and, and what that really means is that like, it can be hard and I've struggled with this too. And, and I feel like, I feel like I have made it. I feel incredibly happy and excited about where my life in this industry has come in the past year. It's mm -hmm. crazy. But, um, but there's very much that struggle when you see other people succeeding, thinking, Oh, I must be missing something because I'm not having the success I saw. And that couldn't be further from the truth, but that's yeah. such a hard voice to silence in the back of your head. Yeah. And I, and I have people hitting me up about that. Uh, a lot where they're like, why did this person get this thing? And I didn't. And sometimes there's a, sometimes there is an answer that is sure. like, mm, it's cause you're an asshole, you know? Um, and that exists. Um, right. but, but more often than not, I mean, like, like for instance, you know, in, in, in the wake of the George Floyd protests in the black lives matter movement, a lot of creators of color all got a boost. Some of us got bigger boosts than others, but you know, all of our stores kind of ascended because, Good, bad, or indifferent, it became fashionable to support creatives of color, you know? Um, 
I think for the most part, you know, it, it held, but you know, but a lot of us jump way ahead very quickly, you know, uh, and a lot of us got opportunities that probably wouldn't have come and did some of us punched above our weight class for a little while there because other people with larger platforms tried to use that platform to lift up other voices. Thank you to everyone who did. Um, this is also the part of the show where I always say shout out to Greg Tito, who my career in large part would not exist if not for Greg Tito at Watsy. Thanks, Greg. Um, and, uh, you know, for for some people that didn't fit that profile, that felt like they kind of got left behind. I'm like, well, that that wasn't on you. That was a a very unique and honestly, hopefully one time confluence of forces. I say hopefully right. one time because that would require greater tragedy for subsequent, you know, for it to, sure. to happen again. Um, you know, th- that was uh, the the fates aligned. Uh, a lot of this is, unfortunately, a lot of it is timing and a lot of it is luck. But what I tell people is, you know, you're going to hit one out of every hundred shots you take. So compensate by taking 10,000 shots. You know, I, I read a quote um, um, from Stephen Moffat, you know, who was the showrunner at Doctor yeah. Who for a few years there. And he's like, people always ask me, like, you know, how do I be a writer? I've written a script. And he's like, you've written a script. Why haven't you written 50? You know, like, if, if you're serious, do it. And if you're any yeah. good, you will get there, you right. know? Um I mean, in so many, like right now, like uh, Electropunk, my graphic novel, we crowdfunded for that, that's working right now. You know, uh, my co-creator, Jeff Wamastar, our kids are in school together. We, we, Electropunk started with us standing around at a 4th of July picnic, like, hey man, you know, what, what do you do? Our kids are in kindergarten together. Like, what, like, what, what's right. your, you know, um, you know, um, The, that whole reputation thing. Same thing with the with the with the Black Dice Society, with uh, with the world builders one shots that we're getting to do, and all those things. Like I'm lucky now that I have a reputation amongst my peers that if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it, and when it happens, it's going to be dope. And so I'll call people and ask for stuff, and the answer I get consistently is, "If you're doing it, I want to be a part of it." The thing we're vague booking about, that was the exact response I got where I'm like, here's the thing I want to do. If you're doing I it, I want to be. I thinking of that. Yeah. Our, our response when you reached out was like, mm-hmm. well, if B-Dave is doing it, it's going to literally, uh, I think Nate said, it's going to be dope. We should be involved. Right. You know, but but that that has been carefully built. And I, and I will say this too. A lot of times, you know, ageism is a thing in entertainment, but everything I've done, everything I've done that you guys have seen me do is after my 39th birthday. Everything has been after my 39th birthday. I know I've been creating content since 2009 and, and, and before that, you know, laboring behind the scenes. But, you know, the, I arrived at Geek & Sundry when I was 39. Um, so, you know, things take as long as they take and you really do have to learn to enjoy the process and trust the process and don't rush the process because anything forced is unfulfilling, always. Um, if like, like right now, it's no secret that I'm, I'm hoping that the black dice society is going to be a stream of some significance, you know, that it is Mm -hmm. going to build its following and then, and really be something, but I'm not worried and obsessed with that. I'm trying to take the steps to put the infrastructure in place to make that possible. The thing that I'm focused on is making sure 
my cast has the best time possible every single session. Because if the players are having a good time, the audience is having a good time. And if the audience is having a good time, everything else will take care of itself. Right. You know, um, every every other aspect of this is outside of my control. I can pour my heart and soul into a thing and have no one care. And I absolutely have. Every creator has, yeah. you know. Um, and then there's also the things that you just did on a lark that blow up that you're like, oh, that you that's the thing you're in. I mean, OK. All right. right. Like, free, like again, freely. I legit yeah. created freely as, as a, he was a thought experiment. I normally don't like halflings. I don't like small folk. I, I knew I wanted to play a paladin, bard, warlock, sorcerer, four class, multi-class, because I knew I could do it because I'm a min-maxer and I enjoy theory crafting. Yeah. And, and he was supposed to be a one-shot guest on Heroes of the Veil. And I was like, I'll switch it up. You know, like, sure, let's do it. And, and my lucky boy has created his own luck. He's now been in five or six different streams. So, yeah. like, ongoing main cast of five or six different streams. First character in a video game, all this stuff. And I was like, he literally made his own luck. And I was like, I mean, all right. You know, okay. That's um, the thing y'all like, sure. Mm-hmm. I'll serve it to you. This jumps back a little bit, but uh, Christina Ariel was on on the show. I don't know a few months ago. Time time does not exist in the pandemic, so I don't know when it was. I reject linear time and all the other lies of the before times. Yes, that, that is the only way to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and she said, and and if, I think she even said at the time someone else said it, but we'll ascribe it to her right now. But she she said, and I've seen her say before that instead of trying to network up, network sideways. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Because you get caught up in that idea of like, oh well. B. Dave's doing this cool thing. I want to do what he's doing. I'm going to message him and ask him if I can be on a show. And if he tells me no, I'm going to give up because that's mm-hmm. the only way to go forward. And like, I, I'm sure you can, you can give your own examples, but I've seen it even the last couple of years being involved. The people I started working with two, a year and a half, whenever I started doing this stuff, a year and a half ago, who were small at the time as I was, have, we're all growing together. And those yep. like, and now people are trying to reach to them because they see them as the next step up. And so, if you put all of your energy into trying to to scramble to the people above you instead of just building community around you and growing together, you're going to burn out so fast. Hundred percent. And people know, you know, it just it 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 feels gross, you know, um, when people are are just you know just trying to be hangers on. I mean, I, I I almost try and do this like radial thing where what she said was absolutely right. You know, come up, especially if you're doing something not necessarily streaming, although this relates to streaming. Um, I tell people that are trying to break into movies and entertainment this all the time. Um, if you're a writer, pair up with a couple of actors and an aspiring director. You write some scenes, have them act it out and film it, put your stuff up on YouTube in five minute increments. You know, you get together on a weekend, film an hour worth of stuff, get an aspiring editor, chop it up into 12 slices and all of you come up together. Um, 90% of the work I've done in Hollywood, acting and writing came through connections with people that I made in college and we all came up together. Um, But when I say radial, I also try and put on some people that I think are of value but don't necessarily have as as big a platform as I've got. Like all of my World of Darkness streams, uh, Diana D'Amico, Justice Hughes, Mason Dula, um, Emily Floyd. Nora's kind of – although Nora Nora needs a bigger platform than she's got. The five of them are magnificent, which is why I keep doing things with them even though I could do things with people that have, you know, larger followings – but they're incredible. So I keep trying to put them in front of people till till you know it finally uh, hooks on. But yeah. 
Then with, you know, again, with the Black Dice Society, I reached out to the people that I knew we could assemble this unique dream team uh, to do this this particular ongoing show. But then a lot of times with the one shots, especially for world builders, like, um, I don't know when you're going to hear this, but, you know, I'm playing with Anthony Rapp on Saturday um, for world builders, which yeah. I wouldn't try and hit him up for an ongoing stream, but I'd absolutely hit him up for a one shot, you know, and then it's all right. sort of, but it's like a sphere <laughs> in there of, of, of reaching out to people and elevating people and building with people all at once, you know? Yeah. hundred percent. Absolutely. And I, uh, man, I feel like I have like 15 different things we want to get to, but I don't want to keep you forever. So I'm going to throw a few things out there and let you like, but, tell me which one you answer. I'm, I'm here for you, man. But you know what? You know what? Rapid fire. I'll do all of them. Let's do it. My right, body's cool. ready. So, well, I'll, I'll throw three. You you pick one. Uh, I want to hear a little bit more about Black Dice Society, what it is, how you kind of thought of it. Um, I've watched the the first, I, I think, two episodes now. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, I, I love it. I love the cast you have on there. So, Black Dice Society. Two, I literally just got a tweet notification that uh, Motherland's RPG show is getting a second, or they're doing a second season, hey. and you're on the team of Motherlands, right? I'm lead developer of the game. Yep. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll talk a bit, bit about that, mm-hmm. and then the uh, the third one, uh, I forgot. So we'll just drop that one. We'll save those first two. You know, when you think of the third one, lay it on me. Uh, you know what? I yeah. actually just remembered. So hold lay, it. no, lay it on a little me. surprise me at the before end. you forget. No, tell me, tell me, tell me. I'm ready. Well, I, I want to I want to know uh, if you're able to talk about. It. I want to know what the experience was like with Heroes uh, Beyond Heroes ending. Mm-hmm. And then Heroes of the Plains beginning. If mm-hmm. you know what that transition was like, did y'all kind of know that shift was going to happen? Was there kind of that like, oh shoot, this thing we love is ending, and then oh gosh, it's rising from the ashes? It was uh, that, what that experience has been like? It was that. Yeah, I mean, not not to be vague that we were that. Uh, well, by then we were we were over to Silver and Steel by that point, and it was just the, oh, gra- yeah, yeah. the gravy train was pulling into the station. We'd had a good run. Um, people were leaving D and D beyond and we were like, we love these characters and hopefully they write again. And then, um, Adam Bradford landed at Demi plane and was like, Oh, Hey everybody, we're getting the band back together. And we were like, okay, like there, there was no, there was no greater plan yeah. uh, than that. It, it's just, we got lucky. Um, motherlands. Yeah. Huge labor of love lead developer for the game. Um, We've done season one. We're working on the Kickstarter for a, a full, you know, living, breathing game of its own. Uh, we wanted to do uh, a a sci-fi setting uh, from a, a minority perspective that was free from colonialism. And it was surprisingly difficult to come up with a, a conceit that would be familiar um yet you know without having had that happen and the way we did it was a uh, mansa munsa who was an, an ethiopian um emperor who was arguably the richest man of all time sent a fleet across the atlantic for the new world this actually happened um historically the 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 historical sense is the fleet never arrived i personally think the fleet arrived and became the olmecs that's neither here nor there uh in our story through reasons that have yet to be revealed this fleet was transported to a different planet. So now we jump ahead 3,000 years where this uncontacted African civilization has flourished and developed and spread out as any civilization would over time. Uh, and that is where we meet them now. And uh, they're, they're different and unique uh, aliens and cities and people and situations. And uh, the, the VODs of season one are up for Into the Motherlands. Uh, definitely encourage you to check it out. We're very proud of that and very happy to have a second season. Thank you, Twitch. Um, for 
Black Dice Society. Um, this goes back to like near when we were doing uh, a dark and wish, um, Watsi is making a shift to do more creator owned content. And, uh, they asked me if I wanted to continue with a dark and wish, but I knew because of the way that I, I wrote the comic for a dark and wish, uh, Watsi was always going to own it. I'd never own it. So yep. I made the choice to make season three, the end of that stream and, you know, pull, give tie, tie off those characters and free us up to create something new. Um, I had a couple of other ideas that we were bouncing around um, the, for a creator own thing. And they actually came to me because they were like, word is, you know, a thing or two about vampire and D and D. Would you like to do vampire D and D? And I was like, I do know a thing or two. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and, and this, this was, this was in December. I mean, this show oh, was wow, in, yeah. in development for a long time. Um, I locked down the cast very quickly. I was like, I know where it weighs out, but y'all are busy. Let me get all of you. Um, they were all my first choices. They all said yes. Thank you to every single one of them. Um, I will say I hit up Mark Amir first because Ravenloft is his jam. He loves Ravenloft. He loves Ravenloft like I love Star Wars. So I was like, if I'm doing a Ravenloft show, I got to get Mark Amir. Um yeah, I, I very early conceived of what I wanted to do with my Dark Lords. Uh, I tapped Jason Carl to play Strahd very early. Um, to, uh, and I got some, got some ideas of how that that's moving, uh, in, in the back end. And, um, you know, our, our goal is to feature, um, I was going to say the richness of the dread domains, but that seems like a bit of a misnomer because they're kind of sure. terrible. But, um, I will tell you this. I originally conceived of the show, um, almost like, I mean, I knew I wanted it to be a horror like i kind of hit on the witcher is the is kind of the type of like the witcher or like the hugh the um uh hugh jackman van helsing which is a movie i love like witcher hugh jackman sleep uh, uh, van helsing and the johnny depp sleepy hollow like those are kind of my three vibe okay points you know of, of what i'm after um and i originally conceived of it as kind of like almost four episode chunks of where they'd kind of go to a place you know realize what was wrong with the place fight, struggle, hopefully make a difference, maybe not, and then leave, you know? Um, because I wanted to kind of keep it in, like, pretty easy chunks to be able to let new people jump on because the the blessing and the curse of long-form content is, yes, as fans, you get to take this long journey, but past a certain point, it becomes harder and harder for new people to join you on that journey. But then I got the book, Van Richten's Guide to Ravenloft, and there is so much in that book. Every, so excited for that book. Every domain is so fleshed out and so much to do that it occurred to me that just kind of being there and then piecing out would be doing a tremendous disservice to the content. Um, so it, it's probably definitely going to breathe a little more. Uh, than I'd originally intended. And when they go places, they're probably going to be there longer. Uh, I've told the cast you know, that each domain has specific criteria by which you can enter and by which you can leave. 
And if I drop them in a situation and they're like, mm, no, and I'm like, you can meet the leave criteria, you can go, you know, like, I'm, I'm not going to trick you. If you're just like, it's what over here? Yeah, no, we're not doing that. And, it, yeah. and just bounce. I'm going to be like, okay, you know, so um, so we'll see. You know, I know what I think is going to happen, but both the, the players in the dice will betray you, you know, but but we have the, the luxury of having a, a good long run already to uh to just kind of explore some things and sit with them you know that's why i was able to take 20 minutes of the first episode to do a wedding scene uh because you know in no rush and uh had to lay the proper foundation for for everything that's coming and uh yeah yeah we're, we're really looking forward to seeing where it goes does that free you up creatively to know that you've got a certain amount of runway versus maybe like a bootstrap show where you're like, you know, hopefully if sponsors and Patreon comes through, we're going to do this for another couple months versus saying, man, we know we have X amount of time. We got, we got room to grow. I've seen both to tell you the truth. This is the first one I've done myself that is, you know, uh, that I was running that is, you know, ongoing. You know, nothing's ever ongoing. Even when sure. we can say it's ongoing, but if Watsy's like, it's not going on anymore, it's done. You know, right. Silver and Steel was ongoing, you know? Yeah. But uh, I find a lot of times shows like that, it can become a recipe for wasting a lot of time when there's no urgency you know so i i'm trying to be mindful of not rushing but also not dawdling you know yeah. like a like a shopping episode is fun every once in a while but the, the 90 minutes every week of uh you know sitting around at the tavern that's not pe- people aren't trying to hear that so um uh but but i think being able to tell um a longer form narrative is nice because almost every time I have a plan of what's going to happen in a show or in a stream, and then it goes where it goes. Like in a Dark and Wish season two, they spent almost the entire season in Skullport um, fighting mind flayers. And I'd originally conceived of that to be three episodes. They were going to come in. It's going to be here's going to be the problem. They were going to deal with it and they were going to leave and do something else completely. And then but when we got in there. It just worked really well in they just kept getting dropped deeper and deeper into this meat grinder. And quite frankly, it just kept getting worse for them. And I was like, well, here we are now, you know, here we are. So we're going to stay here until it's done. And it was far more fulfilling. So I think I like being able to have that uh, as, as the option. So we'll see, you know, I'll come back in six months, tell you what, how, how it had worked out. Sounds good. Sounds good. And we'll be able to talk a bit more about our vague book. So hashtag vague booking. Yeah. That's next Saturday, by the way. I don't know if you know that part, yeah. part one. Yeah. 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 I'm, uh, I'm, I'm excited mm-hmm. for the things that mm. must not be spoken of. Must yeah. not be spoken of. It's going to be pretty great. Y'all should keep it. You should follow at B Dave Walters for future updates. It's true. You can also follow at Roll Persuasion. We should probably also follow at Por, Por que no los dos. Yeah. You know what? When the time comes that we reveal the thing that we're vague booking about, we will very clearly be like, this is the thing we were vague booking about in Roll Persu- Persuasion. I was vague I'll make, I'll make about, a big poster that says vague book revealed. I was vague use. booking about Black Dice Society for three months. So there you go. Y'all know I'll do it. So. It's all about that buildup. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, we got we got a little more time left. I want to toss uh, just a couple quick questions at you from my from my Patreon supporters. Shout out to them, patreon.com slash roll for persuasion if you want to support this lovely show. Uh, but I let my my patrons ask questions of my fantastic guests. Hey. 
Shout out to them. The first one comes at you from Bill. Oh, and you know what? Quick pause, because I see on my notes right here, when you mention Patreon, talk about Die Hard Dice, which I will very quickly. Die Hard Dice are fantastic. You can't see them, but I'm holding up beautiful Die Hard Dice that they sent me. Uh, they are beautiful, lovely, amazing people. <laughs> so am I. See, and he's showing off a cooler, an even cooler set than mine. Is that is that your uh, Black Dice Society set, your little themed one? You know what? Since there's no camera on here, I can show yeah. you this. This is one that's coming. This is riveting. This is, Ooh. I don't know, this, this isn't even, this isn't even live yet. I don't know if you can see that. Yep. There yeah, you go. no, I can. That is. Uh, big booking about dice too. That's, that's, yeah. that's coming. That's in the pipeline. The best part is we could be lying right now. We could be just holding it's up true. water bottles and you don't know, you but know we're not. Well, he's holding up badass dice from Die Hard Dice. Uh, I'm very excited to get to be a dice affiliate with Die Hard Dice and those lovely, lovely people over there. They've supported uh, charity streams I've done in the past and now they're supporting the show. So if you want to save 15% on your first Die Hard Dice Dot com order and i think it's actually dieharddice.com you can use the code roll april and if you're hearing this not in april you can use the code roll whatever month you're in and that's going to get you that discount and if at any time you're curious about the code just go to rollpersuasion.com and click on sponsors but if you use that code at dieharddice you save some money they support the show you get beautiful dice it's a beautiful thing and they're beautiful people so help them out help me out it's pretty cool back to patreon bill from patreon asks uh, you have become such a big name in the TTRPG community with many successful live stream great games, writing, producing a comic series, and so, so much more. What is your end goal, if any, within this RPG space? Also looking forward to seeing all the excellent work you can continue to do and hope you stay a figurehead for new up-and-comings to look up to. So what is the ultimate, what's the, what's the final plan? Um, the believe it or plan. not, uh, there there is one. Uh, I, I have, I, I live with one, three, five, 10 and 25 year plans like legit i know exactly what it is i'm trying to do um i i i i I will say this one more generally um i'm i'm lucky in that everything i want to do i am doing uh what i want now is more and more creative control you know to to have more and more things that are my thing that i don't have to answer to anyone doesn't have to go through approvals it is the vision that i want to realize as much as possible you know um black dice society has been i mean obviously watsi's great i've been lucky to to do stuff with him for a while now um and i mean i i can't i can think in all these years one thing ever i was given a hard no on ever um, but the reality of the situation is, you know, you're still dealing with other stakeholders and you have to be mindful of, you know, the, the will of other stakeholders and, and, sure. and you know, um, trying trying to keep the people signing the checks happy. Uh, I'm happiest when I'm the one signing the checks. Um, so that's um, that's it for me. More more and more creative control. Uh, and of course, you know, I'm, I'm working on my documentary. Obviously, uh, I've written yeah. film. I've done film. Uh, I would like to do more film and, and, and push the limits of this genre. Make make streaming more cinematic, which is, is stuff that uh, I'm working on now. Again, we pushed it hard in the first episode, even just with some of the scene work. Um, but, you know, um, more of that kind of thing as well. Um, you know, I was lucky on, on LA by night. We got to do a lot of that back when we were still in the studio. Um, sure. I, I'd like to see that for the genre because I mean, it's the wild West right now. Uh, five years ago, nobody knew it would look like this. Nobody knows what it's going to look like five years from now. So I'm, I'm, I'm trying to help shape that as much as I can. 
That is awesome. And we're looking forward to, uh, to five years down the road. And, and I want to put, you know, just another, you know, stamp of approval, not that you need it on the having your one year, five year, 10 year plan. Uh, it was a little literal game changer in my life when I sat down and made like a life plan. Oh yeah. Um, there are great resources out there for it, but I would not be in what I think is a really fantastic position in my life and my career. Had I not two years ago sat down and said, okay, I hate where I am. Where the hell do I want to go? And how am I going to get there? Hey, look, man, the, there's only one person in this world you got to make happy, and it's the one in the mirror, you know? Mm. As long as you feel like you are running on all cylinders, you are, you know? Um, because Does that, of my, does that <laughs> apply to vampires, the man in the mirror thing? Uh, first of all, that is a, a horrific misconception. Only <sighs> the La Sombra don't have reflections. Second of all, vampires aren't real. Ah-ha-ha, ah ha 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 Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it, it, it's true. This it's, I think what people don't realize and, and you have to become cognizant of is the time is already going to pass whether or not you make the most of it. You know, uh, I'm like, uh, oh, um, you know, uh, Obama left office five years ago, you know, <laughs> like you, you just look back. This is like every, it always happens. I mean, like game of Thrones started 10 years ago. You know, I like like if people will look at like, oh, I can't believe that thing happened so long ago. I'm like, the time is going to pass whether or not you make use of it. So mm -hmm, that's yeah. why incremental progress is the most important thing. Just keep chopping away at things every day and you will look back and you will have accomplished things that you're proud of. Amen. <laughs> Let's toss one more question at you here. Uh, this is from Brittany. Uh might be a softball, might be really deep. Let's find out. She mm -hmm. asks, any tips for a beginner DM? Uh, I wrote a whole long thread um, about what makes a good DM that I've, I've posted on the Tweetograms a few times. If you can't find it, DM me and, and I'll link it to you. The most important thing is your job as a DM is to elicit an emotional response. That's what you're there to do. Um, you are not there... Uh, as a referee or rules enforcer, that is a component of the job, uh, but the rules exist to facilitate the narrative, not the other way around. Uh, as long as your players are nodding yes or shaking their head no or laughing or crying or terrified, you're doing your job. Your only enemy is meh, people zoning out. And you also are within your rights to ban uh, cell phones from your table, by the way. Um if you have people that you have trouble getting them involved, like sometimes people are more quiet. You can always like kind of poke them on the side and be like, hey, you know, like I, I dealt with players that had, you know, just massive anxiety in, in, in being put on the spot to say something was really problematic for them. They were really just happy to be there. But for the most part, you know, you can always engage people, especially if they're zoning out by just being like, what are you doing? What's, you know, what, what's your character doing right now? You roll perception for me. You know, you can just mess with them, like roll perception. You're like, hmm, you don't see anything, you know, like that in and of itself has already got people paying attention. When you move into new locations, do things like you tell me what the room looks like. You tell me what it looks like when the monster dies. It is a collaborative art. It is not all on you. It is This is a story that you all are telling together and interweaving together. Um, and when you, um, when you look at it like that, it's a lot less pressure. And also, a lot of times people think that you have to go through all this like huge prep work and stuff. You don't because it's not going to happen. Uh, both the players and the dice will betray you. I always know. I know exactly how the story is going to start. 
Um, I usually have about the first half planned out, and then I have a rough idea of the ending, and I leave the entire last half very flexible because then if they go left, if they go right, if they go up or they go down, you can always keep adjusting because everybody has had the experience of being railroaded, and that sucks, so don't do that. But you also can always have the illusion of choice in the sense that it's um, like I know past a certain point, the next room has the, the dragon in it. You can go left. You can go right. There's a dragon. If right. for whatever reason, if the group splits and goes left and right, I'm like, you know what? There's two dragons. Now, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, to keep the story going forward. Yeah. Just um in 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 listen to your players and respond to them and just always yes and just try your best to never say no and if you do have to say no be like no but. They're like, "Can I do this?" Well, no, but you can do this. Or mm, no, but what are you trying to accomplish? Tell me tell me what you're trying to do and and let's see how how we can we can get get it there. Um there are, of course, some ass that that players are going to make that are flatly ridiculous in in whatever the system is. But I mean, for the most part, if they're trying to feel, let me let me say this differently, and I've said this many times. Uh, to me, the difference between a tabletop role playing game and a video game, and why video games will never fully replace TTRPGs, no matter how sophisticated AIs get, is we play these games to have a chance to feel like we are at cause in the narrative, that our actions or our inactions matter. And the things we do or don't do are going to influence this world in a meaningful way. Um, you know, the. Elder Scrolls, you can walk into town, but the reality is I can't nail the door of the apothecary shop shut and burn the building down with him inside. Like, I can't do that, you know? Yeah. Um, you can in a tabletop. Maybe you shouldn't, but you can, you know? Um, and, and my niche is high-level play, and people think it's so overwhelming. It actually isn't. The game is far more lethal at low-level than high-level because at high-level, you got a lot of options. But... At a high level, the game becomes less about what can you do and more about what should you do. And when I did my first stream, uh, Theogony of Kairos, uh, shout out to Kairos because that's the same setting that I keep putting all these world builders one shots in. Um, also the name of my very first D&D character. So Tiefling Sorcerer Kairos. Shout out to Kairos. Um, I told them straight up, I'm like, you know, you guys are going to have such power that it's like, if you were like, I summon a tidal wave and destroy the kingdom, you can, you really can just understand, well, now you got a refugee crisis, you know, now their allies send their armies to destroy the mad wizard. And if they got 10,000 level one people, yeah, you can drop a meteor swarm on them. But statistically speaking, that's going to be 2000 natural twenties when they roll, when they all shoot back at you with bows and you're going to get lit up. So <laughs> keep that in mind when you were making your choices. That right. was why I structured that story the way I did when they started it. Cause I knew if I just started them out with super power, cause that whole, the, the core conceit of that game is they were level zero characters chosen by the gods to get their powers. And I knew if I did that in episode one and I'm like, that's the bully that's been picking on you your whole life. And they'd be like, cool, cool, cool. Disintegrate. Um, so I had to spend some time putting faces on the people in the town so that when I imperiled them, it mattered. 
and they they were ultimately when they got their powers they were kidnapped by goblins and i had like this whole goblin um like a sustained campaign were leading up to that so that when they finally got their powers they were like oh round two bitches like we are gonna fuck up some goblins and, uh, and they were and then i the monster because they're you know fireball and burning hands and they kick yeah. in the door and it's the goblin nursery this is where all the babies are and i'm like room full of baby goblins what are you gonna do and they're like, and they're back and forth. And one of them is like, blow them up. They're evil. And the rest are like, well, they're not. They're babies. And then I was like, cool, cool, cool. Also, this Warrens is on fire. So what are you going to Also, you've killed all their parents. What are you going to do? And, you know, it puts yeah. them in a very different place. So that was a very long answer to say elicit an emotional response. And it's a collaborative art. That's my advice. Boom. Nailed it. Well, man, I think uh, I think we're up against it. Except we do have a little bit of a bonus segment coming up. But before we get to that, anything else you want to uh, you want a vague book about? I would say promote the World Builders one shot. But I think it's happening in two days from when we record this, and the show is coming out a week from when we record this. So can people catch the VOD for go, what go watch will happen, but has also happened? Yep, that's uh, it's gonna be the first one I'm doing on my own Twitch, so Twitch.tv forward slash B Dave Walters. So there you go. You can uh, you can see it there. I'm sure it was a work of heartbreaking beauty and incredible complexity. Yes. <laughs> and and if, you, if you're if you a fan of the show, then that means the last week you listened to the episode with Anthony Rapp, who is playing in the game in two days, which when you hear this will have happened last week. So go watch him play some D&D on that VOD. And uh, actually, I'll shout out one more thing for me real quick, because I'm playing in a game with Anthony uh, with Jasper's Game Day in May. DM uh, Deborah Ann Wall is going to run us through something with some lucky people who donated fantastic amounts of money to Jasper's game day. So if you want to see uh, more of, of Anthony playing D and D with me, keep an eye out for that as well. Hey. But back to you, B Dave, what do you have going on vague or otherwise? Oh, what don't I have going on? Uh, I'm somewhere doing something almost seven days a week. Follow me on the tweetograms at B Dave Walters. Uh, the biggest thing, black dice society Thursdays at four Pacific. Uh, by now I will have a uh, episode 0.5 will it has already happened. Episode one and two, um, um, will have happened. Uh, we do have a Patreon, patreon.com for says the black dice society where we have an exclusive after show and some other patron only content, uh, which we would appreciate your support. Uh, and if you like terrible things, come check it out. Also, if this, if I disappear, get revenge. It was the wasp. We, we all know, we all know who did it. I'm yeah. I, I legit have thought I've seen something in the background several times, but I've tried to not say something. But it was, uh, it was, it was Agatha all along. Yep. It was, it was. <laughs> um, and, and yeah, speaking of Patreon, uh, if you support, uh, my Patreon, patreon.com slash roll for persuasion, you get access to the zone of truth segments with my guests, which I will be recording with B Dave in just a second. Hey. Where we talk about something totally random, probably unrelated to why the guest is here, which means we're probably not talking D and D. Or tabletop. I don't know what we're talking, man. Do you have Do you have any ideas? Any thoughts? I mean, what What are you into? What's fun? I'm, What's... I'm, I'm into a lot of stuff. I'm a big Wait, MMA. You said, you said you're into Star Wars, right? I'm into Star Wars. I'm big okay. into MMA. You know, uh, Mighty Mouse Ooh, Johnson okay. just got knocked out. That was wild. Um, yeah. So yeah, whatever. Star Wars, whatever. Oh, I'm well, wearing we'll a Superman shirt. We can go where we go. Yeah. And anything can happen in the zone of truth. So if uh, if you support the show, you can listen to not just that segment, but the whole back catalog of Zone of Truth segments. And then finally, one more plug before we go. Uh, you might have seen on my Twitter, we recently just launched my brand new, my, our, whatever you want to call it, brand new uh, actual play Twitch streaming show of D&D called Second Star to the Right, set in the world of Neverland. 
Um, it is a fantastic Peter Pan-esque adventure. We just had our first episode. When I record this last week, when you hear this, we're about to drop our second episode at twitch.tv slash second star show. So very excited about doing that. Got a great cast on there. Um, just really great time. So check it out. Podcast, VOD, all that information available at secondstar.show. And finally, you can follow the show on all of the social medias. There are so many of them. I'm only on two. So if you go to Instagram or Twitter, you can follow me at Roll Persuasion and check me out. Any information about the show is available, rollpersuasion.com. You can email me there. Um, you can go to Instagram. You're not going to find anything there because I'm really bad at Instagram, but I'm pretty good at Twitter. So if you want uh, a lot of D&D and a few angry political rants, please come check me out on Twitter at Roll Persuasion. Big thank you to B-Day for being my guest. We're going to stick around and do the show. And uh, yeah, until next time, guys, enjoy your games.